My name is Dylan Jenninga. I'm 27. I come from a little town called Delavan, Wisconsin, which is right next to Lake Geneva. Some people from Chicago might know that. What I do for a living right now, I'm a freelance writer. Hi, I'm Izzy. I'm 27 years old. I'm an actress and the manager of a guest care team. And I'm from a small suburb area called Donaldson. It's about a 10-minute drive away from Nashville, Tennessee. Izzy and I were together for six years before we got married. Dylan and I will have been married three years in June. If I had to describe our love story, I'd say it's a story about a pair of nerds. Welcome to Our Love Story, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every week, a real couple recounts how they met, how they fell in love, and the biggest moments of their relationship. Now, let's hear their love story. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. My dating life before Dylan was full of guys who really weren't good matches for me, but then Dylan just kept showing up in my life and I decided to ask him out. My dating life before I met Izzy was very similar to hers, actually. I dated a few people, and it really didn't work out. Some of them, they were kind of nasty. Some of them, it just wasn't a good match. I had started taking comedy writing classes at a local comedy club, and Izzy worked as a barista beneath it. I used to get hot chocolates because I like hadn't hit the point in my life where I was an adult and just drank coffee. I didn't like the taste, so I would order hot chocolates for myself from Starbucks, which apparently Izzy thought was cute, and I'm very thankful for that. And she gave me a free hot chocolate and told me they had overstock, which doesn't make any sense. But I appreciated it and took it at face value, and I remember telling myself she's just doing her job as a barista. I want to make it very clear that it is not the job of a barista to give away product for free. My excuse for giving the free hot chocolate was that we had made an extra and it was left over and you could have it. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah, but I had really hastily made that when I saw you sit down and not come up to order one so that I could come over and bother you. And I remember thinking, don't read into it, Dylan. Don't be that creepy guy. What initially drew me to Dylan was when he came in he would ask me how my day was going, and that was while I was a cashier. I would just be taking his order, and he would say, how's your day going, miss? And I answered, and sometimes it would be, it's fine, I'm really tired, or it's been better, some people are not too happy today. And he would genuinely listen and genuinely respond and say, oh, I'm so sorry, that's not great. Or you know, it, it'll get better. And it was just the genuine listening and the kindness that not a lot of people show you. The first thing I noticed about Izzy that really drew me to her was that she's very pretty. 
So that immediately got my attention. Then I was speaking to her and she was so witty. She always had a quick comeback for everything I said when I made jokes. And honestly, that was intimidating a little bit because I did not know if I could keep up with her. And so I had to tell myself, as I've mentioned, it's nothing. She's just trying to get tips. And I still would think about her every time I visited the Starbucks because I would pass through on my way to class. And I would try to go in and say hi. And sometimes I would just get a hot chocolate if she was there so that I could talk to her a little bit. Which I know sounds like I was being one of the creepy guys who hits on the barista when I say that. I really wasn't trying to be. So I asked Izzy out almost right after she gave me a napkin with her phone number on it and a little Starbucks scone. She had to run right back to work and I was flabbergasted. Do you want to tell them what the paper towel that I wrote my number on said? Since you won't ask, I will, is what it said on the little paper towel she wrote her number on. And she was right. I was holding off of asking. I went up to class and I told my teacher what had happened and I asked him if I should wait to text her or if I should text her right away. And he said, text her right away. So I did and we set up a date at a pizza place nearby. There was some difficulty because there was another pizza place nearby. And I kind of feel like Izzy should tell that side of the story. So Chicago is full of pizza places. And Dylan had told me that before our date, we would be meeting at the pizza place by Second City. I went to the pizza place outside of Second City, not looking at the address that he sent me, and proceeded to stay there for 15 minutes, believing I had been stood up. I had never been stood up before. I didn't know how to handle that. So I called him up and I was like, hey, where are you? And he was like, I'm at the pizza place. And I instantly felt like an idiot, found out that it was like 20 minutes down the road. I took a cab, not an Uber, a cab down there. The cab driver couldn't make it to the other side of the intersection. So I jumped out of the car, paid the guy and ran across the street. Ended up being only a half hour late. Do you remember what your excuse was for being late? Initially, before you told me about the other pizza place? I don't. It was because you were in sandal flats. (laughs) And that was making you slow. I thought, okay, I've never worn those. So the story behind my first kiss with Izzy was that I would finish up class and before going home to Wisconsin, which I did every weekend, I would hang out at Izzy's apartment and we would watch movies. And I hung out a little too long and I missed my train to get back to Wisconsin. And so Izzy kindly offered just to drive me all the way to Wisconsin. And I accepted, of course. So we got to the train station where my car was parked. I still remember the exact spot. There was a staircase, like a fire escape that she parked next to when we got out. And I kissed her goodbye next to the fire escape at the train station in Harvard, Illinois, on the border of Wisconsin there. I was not expecting the first kiss to happen when it did. I didn't expect anything in return for driving him two hours back to Wisconsin at 10 o'clock at night. I was just hoping I wouldn't die in a fiery car accident on the way back. So when he kissed me, I woke right up and (laughs) drove back to Chicago just riding a high. But it was unexpected and it was very sweet. And he said thank you before he did it. 
Not for anything in particular. I knew he meant the drive, but I remember after he kissed me, I was supposed to, my brain was just going, you're welcome, you're welcome. <laughs> and instead I said, thank you, back to him. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Me and Dylan's like pivotal, most important dates where we kind of figured out we were a good match, there wasn't really anything particular that stood out. We just were very easily in one another's company and interacting and having fun together just was as easy as breathing, honestly. And so when he asked for a place to stay while he looked for an apartment two months into our relationship, I had no reservations. It was just too easy to be around this guy. I didn't mind one bit. And after he moved in and I found out that he had completed his looking for an apartment and found one <laughs> in my place, I was like, well, I guess I'm fine with this. Yeah, you can live here. I remember things a little differently. And I remember us talking about moving in together and then I decided to do it. So... <laughs> I showed up at Izzy's apartment thinking that this was it. This was going to be where I stayed in Chicago. No idea that she was expecting me to move out not long after that. So, of course, I didn't. I was nervous at first, less so as time went on, and I got pretty comfortable staying there with Izzy, even though it was just a studio apartment. We were crammed together like sardines. We were happy sardines. We had fun. There weren't exactly times where I questioned if it was the right choice to move in together, but there were times when I questioned if it would continue being so easy to live together. For instance, I am a very clean, orderly, neat, overly neat person, and Dylan is the exact opposite. Since we've struck a good balance, but for a time... There was a lot of bickering about where the laundry goes. Don't leave the clothes on the floor. Just put them in the basket. Man, that was really specific. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. You called my dad and you were like, she is really upset about this laundry. <laughs> and my dad was like, oh, yeah, she used to get in trouble for not doing her laundry as a kid. So I think that's just stayed over into her adult life. But since then, we've struck a good balance. But I did worry. I was like, uh-oh, this is going to be tough. There were never really moments where I thought this isn't going to work out. There were moments where I thought we need a bigger place. <laughs> and thankfully, we did get one. And 
since that was the first time I'd really moved out of my parents' house, there were moments when I thought, Izzy is more grown up than me and I need to catch up. And now I do put the laundry in the basket. I don't put it on the floor. I'd like the listeners at home to know this. I knew Dylan was the one sort of from the beginning. On our second date, when I just recognized how easy it was to be around him, I remember walking through Lincoln Park um, on our way to the butterfly exhibit and just talking to him. And I just realized this is so easy. This guy is so fun. I don't think this is going to be the one or two fun dates that I thought it was going to be because I'm kind of addicted to this person. I'm like obsessed with how much fun I have with him and how I feel when I'm around him. I can't pinpoint an exact thing he did, but I just remembered that moment in Linkin Park. I knew Izzy was the one at least by a year into our relationship, although I don't remember a specific epiphany. But... I do remember before I moved in, so just two months, my mother asking me if I was sure I liked her enough to move in with her, and I said yes. So even beginning then, I had an inkling, at least, of how much I would come to love Izzy, and how much I already did. And rather than one big day, it's been a growing awareness every day of how much I love Izzy, and how happy I am with her. There were three attempted proposals. And one successful one. The first was when we took a weekend trip to Milwaukee. There was a butterfly exhibit there, and I had taken Izzy to a butterfly exhibit as an early date, so I thought about proposing there. My ring didn't arrive, unfortunately, before we took that trip, so that was out. My second attempt at proposing, I did have the ring, and I took Izzy to the Bristol Renaissance Fair in Wisconsin, which had been a place I'd gone to many times as a child, and she'd always said she wanted to go to a Renaissance Fair because we are nerds. I put on a suit, And we went to watch the jousting tournament that they show at the Bristol Renaissance Fair. And I said I was going to go get a snack. I snuck off and I spoke with one of the performers and I said, would it be possible at like intermission for me to come down into the field with my girlfriend and propose? And they were like, yeah, yeah, that's a cool idea. You should do that. We'll get the king out. It'll be great. And then it rained and the whole joust field turned into a big field of mud. And I wasn't going to kneel on that in my suit. And the show was canceled anyway. So I had to go home and pretend that I hadn't done anything and I had the ring box sticking out of my pocket really obviously and I tried to cover it up. And that was kind of disappointing. So then the third time, finally, we went to the Adler Planetarium in Chicago. They have like an adult night and they serve booze is basically what that means. So we went, we drank, we looked at the exhibits. There was a photo booth we went to together. And while we were getting our picture taken in the photo booth, they're doing multiple pictures. I pulled out the thing to propose. Izzy didn't see it because she was busy trying to lick my face to be silly, I suppose. So there's a photo of me holding the ring box open to her while she's licking my face. And that's our engagement photo. Well, as far as the failed proposal at the Renaissance Festival goes, I was pretty disappointed because I had felt the ring box in your pocket. And then... The rain definitely didn't help. I just sort of stared out the car window as the rain (laughs) fell, just depressed (laughs) on the way back from that failed proposal, wondering why didn't he do it? On the proposal that worked at the Adler Planetarium, I kind of had a feeling that he might propose that night, but I didn't want to get my hopes up after the first failed two. 
And I suppose I should have known when I was saying, hey, the line is short for the photo booth. Let's go over there and take the photo. And he kept going, let's save that for the end of the night. And I was like, I don't want to wait in the line. Let's just go now. And he, of course, gave in. And I remember when he pulled out the ring and I was done licking his face because I thought (laughs) that was really funny, that I immediately started crying I felt bad that we were in the way of the photo booth and tried to usher (laughs) us away. And then I still hadn't said yes. He had to go, Izzy, yes or no? And I was like, oh, yes. (laughs) It was uh, very, very sweet. And in true Dylan fashion, he wanted to make it even better. So he found a spot outside where he forlornly looked at the city skyline and went, this would have been a better spot. (laughs) But it was perfect the way it was. Our wedding, what we decided up top was that this is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a party and we should make it what we want it to be. So we decided to have a Harry Potter, Doctor Who themed wedding with cosplay encouraged by our guests. And guests who didn't show up in costume would have to pick costumes from this box that said alien wizard disguises and dress up if they didn't have costumes. And it was so much fun. We had probably about a hundred people there a little bit less for the ceremony, but instead of, you know, just dancing for the reception, we also had board games and a VR headset, some things you could take pictures with, and that's where most of the guests spent their evening was doing all that, and then towards the end there was a little bit of dancing, but the day itself was was perfect, and looking back on it, I, I wouldn't change a thing. We actually kind of had three honeymoons. We didn't have a lot of money right after the wedding. We stayed in a hotel in Evanston for a little while and we got fancy and ordered room service. That was our first honeymoon, our official honeymoon. We went to Seattle, we flew to Seattle, we explored the city for a day, then we took the Coast Starlight train down the California coast to Los Angeles where we had some friends and were planning to move and we as we have done. And the Coast Starlight was wonderful, that had to be the highlight of our honeymoon. We had a cabin. We watched the desert go by. Very romantic. Definitely recommend a scenic train ride for anybody looking for a unique honeymoon experience. We got a lot of gifts, a lot of um, money as a wedding gift, and were able to plan a year later a honeymoon to London, which we had always wanted to visit. And we saw all the sites. We did all the tourist things. We didn't plan anything. We just woke up every day and decided what it was we wanted to see in the city. So that's kind of our, th- our three-part honeymoon, I suppose. Long divided over periods of time and finally completed a year later. I do not consider the trip to London another part of our honeymoon. It is a vacation. Every time we go on a trip together, it's not a honeymoon. <laughs> you say so. It was very honeymoony. Ten years from now, he's going to be like, we've had six honeymoons. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very, very honeymoonish. Just any adventure with Dylan is amazing and like a honeymoon, to be honest. What I love most about Dylan is that he is the most kind, considerate, genuine, and thoughtful person I've ever met in my life. 
I thought I was a nice person, and then I met Dylan. Dylan is far nicer than I will ever be because he speaks his mind and he he says what's honestly what he's thinking. And it's always, he's always thinking of what's best for you. I don't think I've ever heard you offer advice that you didn't genuinely consider would improve somebody's life. And nobody really takes the time to think, how can I help this person when they offer advice? Usually people are just like, what would I do? Or what's going to make me sound like I, I know what I am doing? You are like always wanting to improve people's days, lives. <sighs> Dude, I just, I, I love you. What I love most about Izzy is that she is charming and funny and witty, and we have a lot of fun together. And also that she's an incredibly empathetic and compassionate person. Izzy said that I'm always thinking of how to help other people, but Izzy is constantly thinking of other people, to the point that sometimes I have to remind her to think about herself. Izzy is definitely the kind of person that you can keep around and never get tired of because she's always making things a good time. And you know that she's going to be thinking about you even when you're not around. When I look toward my future with Izzy, I'm most excited just about spending time with her. I'm just really happy that we get to be together until one of us kicks the bucket. Maybe that's kind of a morbid way to say it. I don't have any particular plans. We moved to LA and I'm doing my writing, which I can do anywhere. And we're working on Izzy is appearing in a movie up here pretty soon. Get to plug my wife a little bit on the podcast. I hope that's okay. And I'm just happy to follow her wherever she needs to go for that. And I look forward to seeing everything she does. And I'm just excited about whatever's going to happen. When I look toward my future with Dylan, what I'm most excited about is just continuing to write our story together. We're not really the type to say, at 31, we want to have bought a house. At 35, we want to have had kids. We kind of just agreed that our future is whatever keeps us together and keeps the other person happy. So I just look forward to continuing to make each other happy until, as he so delicately put it, one of us kicks the bucket. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our love story. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and on Twitter at Parcast Network. For more episodes of our love story, follow us on Spotify and check out other Parcast originals, all available on Spotify. Our love story is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It was created by John Cohen. Sound designed by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. Production assistance by Ron Shapiro. It's produced by John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and associate produced by Alex Trigvadotter. 